0: Hello, fitness friends. It's Phil, and this is episode one hundred and one. Yes, one hundred and one episodes of Get Fit to Row have passed us by. Right now, I guess probably the wrong way to introduce something, but the journey of getting fit and the journey of learning to row i think is sometimes best explained when i signpost moments in my in my coaching career in my training career in my rowing career whichever way we look at it signpost moments when i think something happened that was kind of magical. So these kind of things that sometimes happen I think that influence what you're doing and how you're doing it and where you want it to go Um, they're not obvious but you have to look out for them and sometimes you only realise they're there on reflection. Now here's an example and this wasn't on reflection this was living the moment of wow right so it was um i think it was 2012 i was uh coaching and club captain at one of the london rowing clubs for the pleasure of that year and because of the let's say the high profile of rowing um And the performance of our top crews, which still contained Mr. Redgrave um, in. Mr. Steve Redgrave, if you don't know who he is, he's a five times gold Olympic medalist. Um, But there was a real sense, there was a real feeling in London that everyone, everyone wanted to come down to London and participate if they could in a sport just to feel connected to what was happening the London Olympics 2012 now (laughs) I'll tell it as I remember it so one day um, a couple of very very large athletes walked through the door and one particular guy Uh, who I will nickname for the benefit of the podcast as Baffs, um, was a guy, he was, I'd say, 6'5". He was 90, 95 kilograms. Big, big guy with a big smile. And equally, he had a very certain demeanor about him. He was coming to the club to participate in the rowing and to offer everything he had to offer for the period that he was there. Now, the footnote about this uh, particular guy, Baffs, great guy, is he'd actually spent the previous um, year in the Oxford Blue Boat. He'd been rowing for Oxford University in the 6 seat, and didn't make it into the Blue Boat, but he was training for the Blue Boat. And I think um, the reason why we found him in London was because of his academic ambitions. He chose his academic ambitions over the performance of the rowing club. And he decided that, I think after about, Six months or so training to try and get into the into the, the top boat at Oxford, he decided that he wasn't going to do that. He was going to step away, do his work, and in doing so also found himself freer to come down to London and find some work and join a round club. Now, there's, there's nothing unusual about big guys, from good universities turning up at rowing clubs in London. There's nothing unique about that. But what what was unique about Baths was he was there to help other people progress. He had a real sense of, hey, I'm here to show you how... It's done. Now, he, he didn't say, I'm here to show it's how it's done and therefore I want a reward for it. He was there, he'd come to, I think he'd almost come to demonstrate how how a good mindset, how a good athlete, how good training can influence others to perform better not to say he was the best guy in the squad other than I think he, he was <laughs> from memory but um he was a real cultural architect of change amongst the squad now, the other thing is, for reference, and quite enduring it was, is um, he gave me the nickname that I still fondly hold now some nearly 10 years later, is Cuddles. And I'll explain why he called me Cuddles. And I think it was kind of a rhetorical thing, actually. So um, one day we were um, doing this this exercise, this program, this part of this... this um, this, uh, what's it, we were doing this ergo training, right. And to just make things interesting, because I think we'd been knocked off the water because it was a bit rough. Um, we did this exercise called the widow maker and it says it on the can, right. Is, uh, it's, um, it's an exercise that pushes people to the absolute limit. Now I'll tell you a bit about the widow maker and a bit about baths as we go along, but the widow maker is, um, a 2k race with four people okay now sorry say that again so it's a 2k race where each ergo each row machine has four people lined up on it and the idea is is that each of the four people have the rower section of the 2k race and um, it's a team 2k race so you know, the, the tactics behind it were quite interesting, whether or not someone was doing the first 500, the second 500, third or the final 500, or whether people were actually doing 250s, and 1000s and whatever else, you know, it was kind of, it was a combination. But the Widowmaker is there because progressively it becomes a team against a team, but the team is motivating the individuals. Therefore, people actually go really, really deep, really, really deep. Because it's less about you and it's more about the team. But the interesting thing is, um, and let's say the reason behind this podcast a bit is the the influence of one over many. I guess that's what I'm talking about. And we're talking about BAFs. and <laughs> this exchange I had with with Bass at the time was, um, I said to him, "Right, you're in this group," and I said listen, I know you can absolutely smash it out. You know, I know you will win this. But I said to him, why don't you show other people how they win or how they do their bit for everyone else? Now, the interesting thing is, and, and rhetorically he said, okay, cuddles, I've got it covered. Because I, I think the cuddles thing was really about saying, to me, to him, is like, I'm not saying do this because you've got to do it. I was just really just saying, hey, hand on the back, hand on your shoulder, you know, Bass, just show these guys what you can do. And I think rhetorically you went, well, that's quite a nice thing for you to ask me to do, Phil, because I'm a phenom- phenomenal athlete. But But he demonstrated to everyone. He got everyone, he got his group of four guys together and he said, look, we're going to run it this way. And what he said was, I'm going to do the third 500 because his theory was if we're off, of, if, if the first 500 is relatively equal amongst everyone, the second 500 is going to probably be, we yeah, have put someone in who's going to be slightly weaker. And then the third 500, because Baf's is this, you know, was this phenomenal machine is that he was going to say, well, I'm going to basically race it, chase them down and get a lead and then make the, final 500 an easier 500 for everyone so so it's just it was just really a moment that pivoted you know it's almost to some extent it pivoted the last 10 years for me is this the first time that I'd really come across a, a brilliantly talented athlete who had an absolute obvious respect and regard for his part in a crew his part in influencing other people and um he wasn't selfish about it he wasn't selfish about it at all um but you know like the thing that I remember so vividly about it and hopefully it's the you know the the thing that I'm talking about today is the um the influence of one over many can be absolutely incredible. And if you're training on your own and if you haven't yet found someone to either coach you or support you or train with you, someone who you think can be a good influence on you. Because I think that's what Bath did really, really well. He was a good influence on everyone. Is um, if you haven't found that person yet, it's probably a good idea to go and um, probably not go looking for them. Because actually they're probably already there. They're probably already quite close to you. If anything, you just have to um, see them and let them in. Or let them come closer. or, um, Or introduce yourself to them. It's a funny one that looking for the person that can lead you to greater things. Not always obvious. You have to be patient and you have to look and you have to be quite conscious about it when you do it. But look, um, let's just say Baffs was brilliant. Great, extraordinary athlete, as were many of the others that came down from both Oxford and Cambridge um, and hung around the club. For a bit, um, and there were loads of other people that came down the club that year. I think James Cracknell was there, I think Partridge came down, Alex Partridge was floating around, and various all sorts of other people came, you know, in and out of the club. I think that particular that boat race year was um quite a popular destination. Um at the, the old club that is. So um yeah, so in summary, I'm Cuddles. <laughs> oh god i'll never forget that um and let's just say out there is someone that can positively influence your progression in either your training your life where you're going your career you just have to look carefully for them anyway look that was a little bit longer hope you enjoyed it hopefully you stuck with me because that's episode 101 Take care now. Ta-ra.